This is a journey into sound. red river podcast in the middle of a conversation but yeah like i went to a, a wedding with matt yesterday and i was like did you, you do you have your shit picked out and he was like i do and i said the same thing but it's like because i had a pool so i had a pool i'm like all right let me just like trim it down from there and you stare at these songs and you're just like like they're you know the criteria for me is like the production because you could easily get fooled by the song. Like if the if you love the song, you want to pick it, but it's like, does the beat like is that still the best beat? Like I, I brought up to Matt, like Salt and Pepper push it. Like didn't make my list, but the song is great and the hook is great. But if I listen to the beat, it's just mm -hmm. I don't think I could make it for me. Yeah. I don't know. Like uh Joe, I don't know what kind of criteria you came up with, but let's hear it. I I went through so I, I threw all my favorites at a wall and then I had the whole like Sophie's choice thing, like, wait, but I can't leave that off, you know, like, so 10, 10 became like, I think someone was saying this earlier, 10 became like 20. Yeah. <laughs> and so you had honorable, honorable mentions in there, which is good. But then if you give me like, say 10 honorable mentions, just mention them, but you could pick like easily like 20 or 30 of those because the eighties, that's when the rap thing really broke the mainstream and like. You were, we were you, exposed. You, you were knee deep in there, like you. You know, um, you you grew up in what Queens, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it was kind of like. So, when did Outburst start? Uh in the fall of '87. So was, it was pretty parallel to like what was going on then. Oh man, we would see like uh, one time we saw like Eric B at, at the Arby's on Northern Boulevard, and we're, you know we were all <laughs> rap fans, and we're like, "Can you believe that's him right there?" And then. <laughs> that's we should, should we go up to him or what should, you know we didn't but uh you know and then you you know you, it i'd say more when we do the 90s that'll be like really when the the when rap really went big but yeah, yeah 80s late 80s and it's funny because my list i made sure to pay homage to the stuff that we grew up listening to when we first exposed to it like 83 curtis blow stuff you know yep. harvey hancock but really talking at your heartstrings tracks that made most of my list are all from 85 on. Yeah. Me too. Um, so that's like the sweet spot. Like there's a whole many, there's so many sweet spots, but my criteria was the cleverness of, of sampling because yeah. you know, when you go digging in the crates, uh, you're like, like James Brown is the one that, you know, like I think Stetsasonic had a line in one of their songs, uh, 
tell the truth, James Brown was old until Eric and Rockham said, you know, I know you got soul. You go back and look at James Brown stuff, like, you know, back then it would be like, you buy a tape or an old record from a, you know, used place. And you're like, this, this is like, this is like a sample from James Brown, like all these songs that I know, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the digging in the crates, uh, creativity to me was a big thing. Um, also, like you had said, you strip away the lyrics and you, you just listen to like a, like, you remember how 12 inches had the other side, the flip side would be like the instrumental. And if it's still jammed, you know, that that's the mark of a good track, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, so, yeah, you know, let's kick it off with you. Let's 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 uh, do honorable mentions before we kick everything off. OK, so uh, based on the the discussions we had prior to the, this taping, I had uh, uh, 10 honorable mentions. So should I just reel them off? Yeah, yeah, reel them. OK, here we go. Uh, White Lines, Grandmaster Flash. Furious Five. Uh, what can you say about that? It's got, uh, you know, the, the Doug Wimbish bass line by the song called Cavern, which, you know, the more the more research you do, you're like, wow, I can't believe I thought this was somebody just made this up in their house. It's Me too. You're right. I, I came to the same conclusion doing the research. Yeah. Uh, number two, If I Ruled the World by Curtis Blow. Uh, that's an old Trouble Funk uh, Pump Me Up song, Slow Down from 1985. Uh, number three, Rocket by Herbie Hancock. Everybody knows nice. that. The video is of, you know, stuff of nightmares, but it's like the funkiest yeah. nightmare you've ever had. <laughs> uh, number four, Jazzy Sensation by Africa Bambada and the Jazzy Five. Like the first 30 seconds of that, um, it's a slow, it's a, it's a take on Gwen McRae's Funky Sensation in, from 1981. And I think like there's a Beastie Boy sample in the beginning of that that you'll hear. Um, you know, there's so many like fat boys are in there um, and you're like, well, I thought they made that. But no, this from Jazzy Sensation. Uh, number five is Roxanne Roxanne from UTFO. I'm going to put number five and number six together because number six is Here We Go by Run DMC. Uh, UTFO is 84 and Run DMC was 83. Here we go. But they both use the Billy Squire big beat, right? Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, sampled over and over again if nobody knew they just put in youtube and put big beat and you see billy squire yeah yeah running <laughs> on the street in his yellow t-shirt and his guitar but <laughs> you know all those all utf on dmc had to use was that 10 second loop and they made classics out of that you know um number seven uh ll cool j uh rock the bells but the og version which is full of bells because the uh the, rec the one that everyone knows, that everyone pays tribute to from radio, has no bells in it. Um, but it was only released as a 12-inch. Um, so Rock the Bell is the OG version, which is like nine minutes long. Uh, it's a great example of LL just ripping it. But if you take away his rhyme, that uh, the drums on that track are just like, there's bells and like drums going up, going down, steel drums in there. So it's really good stuff. Number eight, uh, Kid and Play getting funky. Uh, which, you know, brought new life to the Blackbirds. There's a song, two songs in there, prominently featured Reggans and the Runaway um, that Herbie, Herbie Azor, you know, when he did the whole uh, two hype album, he just went digging in the crates like crazy. Um, and the whole album is really great, full of samples. But Getting Funky is my favorite song from that album. Uh, number nine is Big Daddy Kane, uh, Raw. Um, and, you know, everybody knows that, the, the steel drum and, 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 if you take away Kane's rhyming from that, it's still a great beat. Yeah. Um, oh, and then for... it's so good. It's just, it's, it's, it's like an off time hit. And then, 
you know, the I'm, I'm coming, James Brown thing. It's so good. Yeah. And then my last honorable mention is uh, De La Soul from uh, Three Feet High and Rising. It's a, it was a single, but it was like a lesser known single. It's called Say No Go, um, which samples the, uh, the Hall & Oates song, uh, I Can't Go For That by uh, Prince Paul from That's a Sonic. Uh, that's 89. So there's my my top killer. 10. And there could have been so many more. <laughs> I know. I mean, listen, killer. That's that's why you've been on the show 100 times, because <laughs> the, the shit that you rattle off is amazing. We love we love having <laughs> you on. So, yo, Matt, guest number two. Uh, do you have any honorables? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to rattle them up. Um, then these aren't in any order. I just wrote them down. That's why uh, I see colors. Uh, Public Enemy Fight for Power. DOC, It's Funky Enough. Uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, The Message. That beat is just like undeniable. Uh, Slick Rick Children's Story. Biz Marquee, The Vapors. Salt and Pepper, Push It, as you mentioned before. And uh, LL Cool J, I'm Bad. Awesome. Would be honorable mentions. Alex. Perfect. Um, and how did you break down your criteria as to what you picked for like your 10? I'm not like uh, I was born in 83. So like I'm more like you? a nine, like 90s rap is where I got really dove into it. And then I worked backwards. So like my 80s You're the kid. rap knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> my 80s rap knowledge isn't going to be what like Joe's is, you know, yeah. but like so I kind of just went with. I wrote down probably like 20 or 25 songs that I could just think of off the top of my, and then I whittled it down from cool. there. I didn't want to get like too crazy. And only one thing on my list is pre 1987. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, all right, Langan, you got honorable. Uh, yeah, I got a few here. Well, first off, when I was making my list, I had it down to like 40. It was getting ridiculous. And I was like, I took anything <laughs> from three feet high and rising it takes a nation of millions and Paul's boutique. I just took those as three Mount Rushmore's that I cannot yeah. pick apart. They're perfect. I mean, you're, you're talking right. about some of the best sampled yeah. records in music history. I mean, Paul's boutique alone, but uh, three feet behind rise. And I'm re-listening to all this stuff. And I'm like, God, just layer upon layer upon layer. I'll take a snare from this thing. I'll take a kick from this. Like, it's just uh beyond belief so i just took those off to, to knock a few down <laughs> and um so i got uh, no particular order for these i got grandmaster flash the message um schooly d uh what does it mean with the big heavy uh reverb drums i love that shit uh the oh, yeah. bridge by mc shan i always thought that was better than boogie down productions than that battle that song exactly obviously boogie down productions made more good shit but uh and mc shan was in and out but um i know you got soul eric b and rakim paid in full eric b and rakim ego tripping by the ultra magnetic mcs um paul revere by the beasties children's story by slick rick follow the leader by eric b and rakim and rock the bells um yeah i, I my criteria i just just like you said, there were some things like the message you always see comes up in, in all these like lists and stuff like that. But the message is really is more important for the, uh, you know, the lyrics in that song, like the view of the street, the way it was than the, than the track. So like I, I that's how I figured my shit out. But uh, 
super tough. And and there were so many albums that I could have sworn came out in like 89, but man, 90 was like 90. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I, man, I could have sworn that just made the 89. The first this, tribe, you know, like the first tribe for me, I was the, like, God, oh, the first 89. tribe. Perfect yeah. example. Like that's in the nineties decade, but really it feels like an eighties record. Cause it's not this sound tribe yeah. evolved into something a little bit different. And uh, you know, Oh, and, and also honorable mention to Manifest by Gangstar. Yeah. I mean, 90s were Primo's decade for me, but you could see what was to come. Was it know? Manifest 89 or 88? Mm, yeah, no, Manifest was. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm saying into my honorable mention. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. same thing with me, like to, you know, I didn't pick anything off of uh, no, no More Mr. Nice Guy because like it just. Like like you said, '90s was his era. Like that's where he stepped into it. But Lincoln Manifest mm-hmm. would have been a good one. So, yeah. Um, I got some honorables. Uh, I, I'm gonna do uh the message as well. I I really like that. Just that I like the music to it. I think it's great. I think you could play that on 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 its own. Um, I even liked when Mason Puffy, you know, took their stab yeah. at it. You know, because <laughs> I because at the end of the day, Mace just had a really cool flow. Like he just he just had a great voice, great flow to it. Uh, Stetsasonic talking all that jazz for sure. Like, uh, you know, early, early, uh, I think Prince Paul um, and uh, let's see, uh, Just a Friend, you know, mm-hmm. great song. Uh, but that hook, that the sample, everything. Uh, Bust a Move, Young MC. I love just the the, the music to it, the just it's 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 just a complete banger uh cool g rap road to the riches obviously mm-hmm. dj polo um epmd the big payback iced tea colors and um it it killed me to leave ll off my top 10 but i went with i'm that type of guy oh shit. i think i'm that type of guy super underrated and it just it sounds like uh, the music to Spy Hunter, <laughs> you know, like the video game. <laughs> no. So I love that shit. Uh, all right, cool. So let's do it. Top 10. Joe, kick it off. Before, uh, and this didn't make my list, either honorables or top 10, but you mentioned uh, you Rap, Road to the Riches. Um, proof that Billy Joel was was funkier than me, most people would think because he got, you know, that's uh, Stiletto, and it's like just a great song on its own. Um, and I have this regret now. L- listening to everybody's honorable mentions, I left off so many, so many songs. <laughs> Instant regret. Uh, so okay, um, I'll go with number ten. Um, it's Houdini, Funky Beat from 1985, um, and it's uh, it's just so like big, big boom, like in the 80. 80- 84 to 86 range when everything was about the Adidas and the leather jackets and folding your arms and, you know, posing and everything. And it was run DMC and BC boys had just came up and, and Houdini was a big part of that, you know, even though they were more like slick kind of cuisine, like, you know, leather jackets, whatever, but, but that beat was hard. And, uh, you know, with the, uh, that whole, like, and I don't know what the sample is. I didn't do the research on this, but you know, that whole like, just great. Uh, and that was from their, uh, album 1985 which also had uh one love on it uh but funky beat yeah that's one of my favorites malcolm jamal warner's in the video run names he's in the video um it was just like their whole like we're, we can dance and we're like uh love lover boy rappers but we can be hard too so hodini funky beat is my uh my number 10 all right killer uh matt number 10 
Uh, just ice going way back. That beat is super simple, and it's just really just drums and then just the occasional like piano. But I love that beat, and it it just makes me want to rap when I hear it. it makes me want to do some <laughs> old school like eighties, like, <laughs> spit some old school eighties rhymes. But uh, yeah, going way back. Okay, cool. Uh, Langan, number ten. Uh, my number ten. This one works in the car or in the club. Uh, Big Daddy Kane's warming up Kane from uh, 1989. Big Daddy thing. Yeah, I love this track because well, a the bass line from Big John Hamilton that that drives this song, but it, it, it's the perfect tempo for like Big Daddy Kane had a sick flow for that time, you know, for the 80s, like real fast, you know, and um, I like that up tempo kind of track with his voice just elevates it yeah that, that was one of those like mtv yo, yo mtv rap staples and probably like mm. the first time I, I heard big daddy can and uh that song in particular killer um all right so my number 10 is just an album that i could have picked basically 10 songs from uh and it's uh eric bean rock him paid in full the song i ain't no joke mm. fucking just banger uh according to them produced by eric bean rock him but i feel like Marley Mall, Marley Marl had a hand in it. Yeah. Um, and then if you listen to the samples, like once I started digging into the samples, it's amazing because it's basically the JBs uh, past the P's. It's just basically the same song. <laughs> just rap over it, which yeah. is funny with what, what, what Diddy did in like, you know, the mid 90s. And people were like, hey, wait a minute, that's Sting song. So I guess these songs <laughs> are a little bit more obscure. But goddamn, when you hear I ain't no joke and then you hear Eric uh, rock him on that shit. You're just like, whoo, like that's like, well, you want to talk about the Fucking essence? Hard. Yeah, the essence. Like when you talk 80s hip hop, like I ain't no joke comes on and it's just like you could be the, you know, the biggest herb on the planet, but you're going to have a little extra swagger <laughs> in your step when that song comes on. So uh, number nine, Joe. Um, Number nine is uh, Heavy D and the Boys, Mr. Big Stuff from 1987. It takes a G Knight sample of the song by the same name and uh, ADF from, the, you know, his great DJ um, just turned that into like this big uh, WAP beat with a big bass and snare. And the video is great because uh, um, they're doing the WAP in it. The whole crowd is. And then uh, like the ghosts of like the of G Knight and her background singers come into it. But back to the beat, it's um, it's who do you think you are, you know, sung in this the same fashion, the sample. And then Heavy D just goes off on it. Um, one of my favorite Heavy D songs. I think it's one of his. It's on his first record, um, but it still bangs to this day to me. Yeah, man. Don't sleep on Heavy D, man. You know, anytime. No, very underrated. Yeah, for any, real. Yeah. Any, anytime some of those songs pop on, you're like, oh shit, Heavy D was definitely that dude for a minute there. Oh yeah, that's the piece. <laughs> that's the piece. Uh, uh, yes, sir. Matt, number nine. Uh, number nine, I got NWA Express Yourself, 1988. Just, I love that that sample and just the fact that it's like that song on straight out of Compton. I you know, know like right? Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. think that that sort of song would fit on that record, but, and I could have picked, you know, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of songs off that record, but express yourself to me is just such a dope sample, dope beat. And yeah. And yeah. the fact that it doesn't fit on that record, but it does. And yeah, it's, time. it's funny to, to mention that you're right. Uh, laying at number nine. Number nine, I got Long Island Zone, EPMD, You Got to Chill. Yeah. Uh, from the Strictly Business album, 88. 
You know, everybody, I think Eric Sermon's one of the most slept on producers and talents in the, when you hear about hip hop history discussed and, and how all the West Coast always gets credited for that chief funky sound shit. But I mean, you listen to this with yep. that, that uh, zap fucking uh, voice box sound and all that shit, especially in this song. I mean, he did, he almost invented that chief funk era shit, Eric Sermon. Um, but it's a killer track. Uh, it's got the Zap and Roger thing, like I said, just groundbreaking. Um, and Eric Sermon's underrated. Yeah, Listen to sure. EPMD. Yeah, a yes. lot of that stuff. You're right on the precursor to that. You know, I, I didn't really ever put that together. But yeah, I mean, a lot of those songs could have been the precursor to like, you know, the chronic for sure. Yeah, uh, or, or all the and what Ice Cube did, you know, Ice yeah. Cube was heavy on that shit. California well, love all that stuff that's a Eric sermon if you watch if you watch the uh video for uh the big the big payback mm-hmm. it's EPMD hanging out with like NWA um so I guess they did have like a sort of a kinship and then you know um I guess when Ice Cube went solo he used he had uh those guys on you know they worked together so yeah EPMD was definitely a big factor yeah um my number nine we're going to Big Daddy Kane and uh you know uh I don't want to say a deep cut here, but it doesn't get as much love. Uh, Young, Gifted, and Black off of uh, It's a Big Daddy thing. Um, And it's basically an Albert King song. I'll play the blues for you. uh, Produced by Marley Marr. Um, Also, I mean, it's just, it's just, man, it's just a banger of a track. And years later, Atmosphere released a a record called Strictly Leakage, which was a mixtape. And it was probably like the last thing they did that i thought was just absolutely amazing and slug being you know of mixed race uh white and black he uh sampled it and he called it young gifted and mixed which i thought was cool <laughs> you know, so it was a cool shout out uh but yeah man that 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 song is just so good and uh a nice where where langan brought up like a the faster pace big daddy you know but th- this was more of like the the smooth flow that he has um Super versatile, obviously. Uh, so that's my number nine. Here we go. Number eight, Joe. Uh, okay. Number eight is uh, Beastie Boys. Um, Paul Revere from 1987, License to Ill. Um, it is just ridiculous how they just took a 808 and played the beats backwards and that became a song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's a song that like... <laughs> You know, I know we had the criteria about like if you remove the rhymes, but it that everything just goes together so perfectly with yeah. that song that you know it, it wouldn't it wouldn't serve you well to listen to that beat just without the without the storytelling. Um, but it was almost like you know I think MCA made that beat just by playing it backwards, and uh, I think the story goes that like you know like uh, Rick Rubin and, and like DMC were in the room and they're like you gotta you gotta rap over that you know, um, and of course the rest is history, but. Uh, that's that's uh it's it may not be like everyone's favorite beastie boys like song track wise but how did you deny like the the stickability i guess is the word um for that song you know you know i i under i underestimated that that song until the day that uh we had my birthday karaoke matt was there uh and uh, somebody picked that song to do karaoke i was like how's this gonna work and everyone in that room knew 
<laughs> I was like, okay, that was kind of fun because like you, like as the song plays on, like you, it's just, it, I don't know. I guess it just caught everyone's attention. So, but sorry, Lang. Yeah. No, no, good. That's fine. Um, okay. So number eight, uh, number eight, Matt. Uh, number eight, I got Big Daddy Kane. Ain't no half-stepping. That's just a, just a smooth-ass beat that you just want to like ride in your car to. Yeah, just yeah, cruising yeah. around. And obviously Kane is Kane, but the beat itself is just, yeah, I, I, I can't really think of anything else. I was trying to write stuff down, but I can't think of anything else to say about it other than it's just a dope sample, the baseline, the, just everything. It just gels together really well. Yeah. The baseline for sure. But, uh, you know, hopefully you're not too hungover from last night, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matt Matt was cutting a rug last night. So oh shit. Yeah. Nice. That was another kind of thing that I used for um my criteria for 80s. It's like, does it make me want to like pop and lock the robot? Rap? Those are like my two criteria for how dope an 80s rap beat is. Matt did the robot and the, Matt did the robot and the worm last night. I didn't uh, do the worm, but I, I did the worm. The robot I would sure. go to the hospital right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We'd be doing this from the ER. I'd be on Zoom like just. The first time I hit the floor, ribs snap like twigs, bro. <laughs> uh, laying a number eight. Uh, my number eight, uh, Run DMC, Beats to the Rhyme from 87. Um, one of my favorite Run DMC tracks. The thing with the 80s, too, like there were so many, there was fewer acts than the 90s, it seemed like, but those acts were just doing track after track that were bangers, the Beasties, Eric Bean, Rakim, and Run DMC, no different. The cuts, you know, you can't say enough. But me and Sam are always like, if somebody starts singing on the hook, we're just like, next. Yeah. Gotta have cuts. Yeah, yeah. I want cuts. I'll even, I'll give a pass for like a real like girl singer, like that's really doing it. But when when the MC starts like trying to sing the hook, I'm out. I'm just out. I want cuts all the time. <laughs> and Jam Master J brought that shit. And, you know, the, the, we talk about James Brown, obviously, and this has a JB, JB's beat in it, but all the, the, the great great grandfathers of, of all this stuff. And uh, Bob James, you know, that Nautilus track. You listen to that song, like I got a Spotify playlist. I've just been keeping all the original shit that samples off of all the tribe stuff. And um, listening to these original records and you listen to that song, Nautilus, I mean, you'll hear 8 million different things that'll trigger your memory from like hip hop tracks. That guy, I think, is like one of the most sampled people, like, period. Unsung hero. Definitely. Yeah, I think there's a documentary on him, I want to say, or I saw something on YouTube and it was well deserved. And, you know, those guys weren't getting, you know, when they changed all the sample laws, obviously, after Paul's Boutique and whatnot, you know. Bob James wasn't getting no scratch for this shit, but the, but beats the rhyme predates, like, I think the sound that premiere would start to really uh, bring forward in the nineties and stuff that became the boom bap sound of that era. But uh, this song was important for that for me. All all I know is that uh, us shitting on, on hooks, I could just see Joe crying, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I, he wants Cheryl Crow on a hook immediately. Hey, I got the. I, I, it's I got just the, in my hip hop. It's weird. Like I yeah, just have these certain rules. Too. Like another rule, like if 
If I see a band, a metal band, and they all have short hair, I'm like, I can't. I, <laughs> one guy's got it. One guy has one, to. Have one guy needs to. And yeah. then I'm out. I won't even listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were because we were talking. God, we were talking about like the Kendrick record and how it's it's cool and I like it. It's like this artistic. It's like an A24 movie or a Radiohead album. But then you mm-hmm. hear Static uh, Static um, Selecta and OT the Reels record. <laughs> And you're yeah. like, yo, this dude's talking about prison and like, you know, Rex. shooting people. I'm like, I, I fuck with the like, it's just like, it's just goon music. And to me, I'm like, I want that. I want to hear cuts. I don't want to hear fucking anything. Yo, if you're flipping through the channels and some like heavy duty dramas on or the next station, like Scarface is playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm sorry. You're, you're going to leave it on Scarface. <laughs> um, all right. So my number eight is um, a record. Uh, once again, Super slept on. We've had Cool Keith on the show. Um, I got a chance to drive him home once, which was one of my favorite stories. But <laughs> Ego Trippin' off of Critical Beatdown, um, uh, produced by the group, I guess, you know, the, according to, to what I yeah. read. And um, it's the first time that the sample uh, for synthetics uh, substitution was used, which is Melvin Bliss. And then from th- that moment on, if you Google Melvin Bliss synthetics uh, substitution, and you hear that beat, you're like, oh, this, you know, because it says it's one of the most sampled songs of all time. So this was mm-hmm. the first time that sample was used. Uh, just really cool stuff, man. Ultramagnetic MCs were just kind of ahead of their time. Especially, Way ahead of yeah, time. oh yeah. yeah. Especially this True. record. And uh, this record was was kind of like a, a diss to like a lot of the old school rappers that they were kind of making fun of. Some mm-hmm. some cool jabs in this song. Uh, later on, Ego Trippin was turned into like, uh, God, do I want to say, was it Sasha Jenkins that like, you know, like had, uh, I just know when the white rapper was on, the production company might have been called Ego Trippin. Also, I think Daylight. You're right. Yeah. It also, was. Yeah. Also, uh, Ego Trippin to, uh, to De La Soul put on a uh, balloon mind state later on, you know, so. Mm hmm. Good stuff, man. Just just really great beat and uh cool Keith is just a, a fucking madman. So yeah, their uh, production was always ahead of its time. Even that and that not record they made in like I think God, I want to say early nineties, ninety-three, ninety for that. Ninety-two, um, yeah, because it's got Papa Large on it and all that shit. Fucking yeah, bananas. Papa Large, yeah, Papa yeah. Large is the shit, yeah. Just to this day. Um all right, number seven, Joe. Uh seven. Uh I'm going to go with Eric B and Rakim, but it's I Know You Got Soul um, from everyone's favorite debut album. What a debut from those guys, right? <laughs> Paid in full. Oh, <laughs> you can't skip ridiculous. any tracks, right? Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> um, I just, I, it was hard to choose. Like, you know, you, you had I Ain't No Joke earlier, and I think I think Lang and I picked I Know You Got Soul also. Uh, it's that Bobby Bird song, If You Go and Play Bobby Bird, I Know You Got Soul. It's like, this is fantastic. It's just a you know, it's it's funny when you put the cart before the horse sometimes, and you you knew the Rakim song first, and then you go back and hear what Eric B was sampling. You're like, genius, like a stroke of genius, and it goes that go all goes into like the everybody back then was just like digging in the crates and how do I make a beat out of this? And you know, we could just take this little piece, um, and not to mention obviously the the. the I know you got soul song. The original song is, is great because he doesn't really do much with it other than scratch over it. Um, but, but then Rakim just lays his lines over it and, you know, it's just the rest is history. You know, what a great song. 
Yeah. Killer. Uh, number seven, Matt. Uh, number seven, I got iced tea six in the morning. Um, just a simple ass beat. It's more or less kind of just like Schooly D. DSK, yeah. you know, like it's more or less just a slightly different version of that. But the and, you know, it's hard to take the lyrics away from that because of the storytelling and stuff like that, that kind of makes the song. But the beat itself is uh, it's the perfect background for that, for that track, for the storytelling on that. It is. And it was just like such a like important song, just like PSK, where it's just like like a new introduction, like a new era and stuff. And and Ice-T, you know, Ice-T's the man, man. You know, he's just, yeah. you know, to this day, like the last few songs that he dropped, I was just like, great. I love the, the career that he has with Body Count now, like Grammy Award winning. Like, yeah, like, yo, Ice-T is no joke. And Ice-T will probably still whip your ass at 65. <laughs> you know? For sure. You know, he still looks like fucking like, like he just got out of San Quentin. Absolutely, uh, yeah. <laughs> so laying number, uh, laying at number seven. My number seven. I was reluctant to put this on here because I still haven't gotten over the East West Coast thing. I'm gonna put a, <laughs> yeah, you know, too soon. Not, too I'm soon. almost there, but yeah, too soon. Uh, NWA straight out of Compton from '88. That, that's um, my number seven too. Yeah, I, I, what an introduction for a band. You know what I mean? Like when you look at a band's first record and the first song that came like the statement song about who you are and how the you know after each one says straight out to Compton each MC there's like a little break it introduces each guy on their own easy ran ice cube we get to know these guys it's just a very layered production got funkadelic samples um Wilson Pickett and again Bob James um take me to Mardi Gras another track that's heavily sampled but uh you know what can I say killer record my number seven as well um so there's certain things like when we were younger so like 89 i was like 11 um there was definitely a line drawn by some people where you're like you can't listen to rap and metal and and you know technotronic or whatever else is popping you know what i mean like you had to like, get another drop another episode new new kids on the block was another thing like that was an, another camp like you couldn't listen to everything and Why not? Cer- <laughs> I, I don't know that's just what the way it was you know and and once this came out this straight out of compton made it cool for people that liked aggressive music same thing with like it takes a nation um mm-hmm. it made it like okay for like you're like oh, okay well i don't listen to rap music but i love straight out of compton and then from there you start breaking it down you're like oh no this this is all really cool and i think it's got from, a dangerous edge to it you know it appeals that crosses yeah. over you know? yeah well you hear just like the beginning of this song and it's fucking so aggressive like it's mm-hmm. it's pretty punk yeah. It's pretty fucking punk. It's pretty fucking metal. Um, and uh, th- it has the um, the Winstons. Yeah, the Winstons. Yes. Amen, brother, as, as the drums and stuff. Really cool stuff. But yeah, straight out of Compton, the song is just a banger. So that's my number seven as well. Uh, number six, Joe. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Boogie Down Productions. Uh, my philosophy from 1988. It was by the. Uh, I was from By All Means Necessary, which is the first record that uh, KRS did after Scott Rock, uh, you know, sadly was killed in '87. 
Um, it's the lead off track to the album, which is a great, probably my favorite Boogie Down Productions record. But um, the sample is from this song called Sister Sanctified by Stanley Turrentine and Milt Jackson. Um, and it's pretty much everything you hear in the, in the Boogie Down Productions song is, is right there, which is brilliant. And then the intro is an actual like recording of a pamphlet, an uh, audio pamphlet from something called the Lutheran Layman's League. Uh, the track's called The Philosopher. So it's actually somebody asking on, on record, so you're a philosopher? And the guy's like, yes, I think very deeply. And, you know, when I did the research on this, like, you know, a while back, I'm like, this is so great. Like, it was, you know, with all of these songs, it was the sampling is just like, here, I'm going to present it to you like this. And then if you somehow years later, go and find out if you don't already know what this is, you're like, just a head nod to like, you know, all the producers and the DJs who went to go look through these things, you know, back in the days you would go to like, you know, all the used record stores and just, you know, 99 cents for a 12 inch that probably no one's ever going to play again. And someone would find the use for it, you know? Um, but yeah, in, in the video, he actually stops the beat and raps a little bit acapella uh, over that uh, beat um, and then picks it up with the do, 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 which is so prominent. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite Boogie Down production songs, uh, My Philosophy. Cool. Gilla, yeah, that's a classic. Um, Matt, number six. Number six, I got, um, it was already mentioned, but EPMD, you guys chill. Eric Sermon is one of the greatest of all time. Long Island. And, yep. <laughs> We're up. Um, yeah, I mean, his his funk samples and he was doing it, you know, like Langan said, that definitely predates the the G-Funk, but it's, it's more like Bomb Squad than G-Funk because it's like funky, but it's still hard as hell. Like yeah, it's, yeah. It's not as like laid back as like the the West Coast shit was, and, and also great flow on on you know he, like Eric has such a uh, unique voice and flow yeah you know uh you know reminiscent uh well I should say Mace is reminiscent of him but they kind of had that like same like lazy it's like a lazy yeah, yeah, yeah. like a lazy yeah, yeah. to it so I love love that um Langan number six my number six is Public Enemies Fight the Power. Now, while I took Nation of Millions and put it on my Mount Rushmore and deal with it, I still had to get PE a mention. Yeah. I know this was on uh, 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 Fear of a Black Planet, but we came out in 89 for the Do the Right Thing. Uh, Correct. This, actually yes. <laughs> doing this list made me want to watch that again tonight. It's been a while. But, um, man, just like like you were saying with the Bomb Squad a minute ago, it, it can be so funky and so aggressive at the same time. That was like the cool... Thing about public enemy and um exactly like you said sam why it crossed over to so many people that liked harder music because public enemy man shit they had yeah. that edge they real did. militant and you could get into it man um got james brown the funky drummer another commonly sampled thing in there sil johnson um and the chorus from the isley brothers of course from the song fight the power they borrowed that melody but man Awesome. And this goes along with the video too. Great all-time video where they're marching through Brooklyn. And the, the biggest fuck you, what I love to, to, to bring it back to hip hop and punk rock, um, you know, the John Wayne line, uh, you know, gangster. Yeah. because it's like, if you want to give the old 
white people a heart attack. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like Talk talking about John Wayne and Elvis. Elvis, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, like it's just like those two are like, you know, it's like if you want to really give them a heart attack, shit on those two, especially back then, they were probably like, I mean, might as well have thrown Frank Sinatra in there too. <laughs> that line is yeah. so hard on its own, and Chuck D. I mean, maybe one of the best voices in hip-hop history pure yeah. voices how that deep fucking baritone saying that shit yeah. forget it yo it's shout okay. out shout out to flavor flav for having a newborn at like 60 something <laughs> jesus he's got a, a three-year-old now i just want to share a story really quick because yeah. uh you know how public enemy is like so revered nowadays when they came out with that first record uh you know, it had like Bring the Noise and Rebel Without a Pause, but like a lot of people didn't receive it well uh, in the you, age of you, you, you about the record Rush? before that. Yeah, you, 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 uh, yeah, Bomb Rush the Show. Right. And uh, I was at the Def Jam 87 concert in September of 87, and the LL Cool J was just reporting his, he was supporting the bad record. Uh, Houdini was on that bill at, at Madison Square Garden, Dougie Fresh, uh, KRS. Uh, without Scott LaRock had just died. Um, uh, and then the opening act was Public Enemy. And, you know, they were doing their whole, like, you know, I think people only got up and, and, and moved their butts for, like, Rebel Without a Pause and Bring the Noise. And so Chuck D, I remember, I'll never forget this. He said, he's like, I hear a lot of people, uh, they don't really know about us, you know, to the crowd. And people around me was, we're saying yelling that's because you guys suck <laughs> and you know you know i mean i guess they, they they made their you know bomb squad and 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 terminator x they made their beats a little more friendly because uh what was the next album uh nation of millions no yeah, yeah nation of millions yeah it, they toned it down a little bit with like you know they made it a little more user radio friendly to get on the air but uh I just remember like the, people were saying like this song sucks <laughs> like uh suckers in fear i know you hate my 98 and and it wasn't like with the other bands like ll cool was just singing like you know bristol hotel and you know like these melodic like dancey songs and you know and public enemy didn't really fit that mode at yeah. that time yeah they were like, making like party music they were making exactly political they were making punk rock songs I don't they're, think just, the people, they're like, oh, we don't want to hear you. Stop preaching to us, basically. I don't yeah. think the people are ready for that. And then, you know, yeah. I remember standing there with my friends. And I'm like, wow, they really they, they could be getting booed off the stage here. Well, <laughs> you look at just because like, you know, if they, LL, like back then it was just rap. There was, you know what I mean? Like now yeah. we have so many different styles of rap. So packaging a, a bill together, LL is, uh, you know, 180 degrees away from uh, exactly a public enemy. Yeah. it's like it's like putting like black flag with like you know taylor swift like, <laughs> yeah they're both rock music right you right, know? right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah i remember pe toured with sisters of mercy too what a fucking bizarre tour wow i mean how's yeah. that yeah you can look it up on, on google there's like some stories about it and shit but i mean I'm, man i'm just happy that people warmed up to public enemy like they both met they're in the middle right. somewhere you know yeah, they didn't get on my radar till I think on Yo MT Raps or uh, that Rap City on BT played like um, uh, Night of the Living Bassheads video. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't until like, yeah, like probably like 89, 90 for me. Yeah. Um, so my number six is from a record that I could have picked 
10 songs from easily. Um, an album that later in life I listened to more than I did back then. And that's the cactus album by third base. Um, when you really, you know, cause somewhere along the way you kind of like malign these two and they, you're like, Oh, I don't really give a fuck. But when you really go back and listen to, to those two records that they had, like Pete nice is amazing. Like search, like Sam sever, uh, like these guys were just on point. And the song that I picked is words of wisdom. Um, also, the Winston's Amen brother on the on the drums, and they sample also Dreamweaver by Gary Wright. Yeah. yeah, and it was produced by Sam Sever, who I follow on Instagram, and he's like, you know, a normal dude now, just working a regular job, but he still make makes beats and he po- posts them, and I'm always just like, you know, like just dapping him up because he's fucking Sam Sever, man. He's just like, like he posts a lot of really cool old pictures from like him at like Chung King or like you know like just. He's like uh, really cool studios from back in the day. But Words of Wisdom, uh, just fucking fantastic. Like, and, and it's like a six and a half minute song. And back then, I guess you could do that. You know, is, you, that, you, is that the one where Pete Nice is like, uh, he, he uses a rhyme like uh, something that sends me up the Bronx River? Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's words of wisdom, right? Yep. 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 Yeah. That's He's a great like, track. Yeah. Like, uh, like I'm like John Gotti and a Maserati, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Pete Nice's whole fucking like when you really like, you know, I guess sometimes you look back at like the style and you're like, I don't know, man, it's just. I feel like if you listen to that stuff now, like they're they're wrapping their fucking asses off, you know? Sure. I say to this day, like, just skills wise, I thought MC Search was better than any three Beastie Boys uh, as far as rhyming. It's not even a question. You know what I mean? And and, uh, you know, of course, you know, they were the flash in the pan and Beastie Boys are the rock and Hall of Fame, of course. But in that 1989 to 91 space that you're talking about. Yeah. Third base was no joke. No, I'm fucking glad joke. That I'm, yeah, I'm glad they get in love right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no joke. But the thing with them was, unlike the BC boys, they just did not get along. So they dissolved yeah. that quickly. famous story, right? With the BC's clowning on search at some fucking. I think it was Mike D. Yeah, Mike story. Yeah, Mike D was throwing stuff at uh, at search or something because yeah, yeah. he's trying to, you know, <laughs> it's that white on white. That's what that is. <laughs> Uh, but okay so that's my number six so now we're going to the top five and stuff but before we do i want to break this up a little bit i I want a couple of minutes uh joe your 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 little mini tour was cool and you guys got a chance to cover um uh, oh yeah fucking uh power trip right yes yeah and i'll find a way i'll find a way to bring this to 80s rap because uh for those who don't know about power trip they're uh they were a throwback metal, uh, thrash metal band to the 80s um, and who we befriended, you know, like maybe seven or eight years ago. Really great guys. The singer Riley Gale uh, passed away during the pandemic. Um, we we found a way. They used to cover our songs in their set. Uh, they're from Dallas, Texas, and they're a great band. And they would they're a bunch of nobodies back in like 2014, 15. And they would they would they love New York hardcore. And they would uh, cover one of our songs over and over again because it was like a minute long. Um, so we we met them and you know we thanked them for that and everything. And they went on to do like a 
a cover of one of our songs on, on a Blackout Records compilation called Hot Shit Attitude, which is a kind of a covers compilation um, back in 2020, right before Riley passed away. But before he passed away, Riley did a song with Ice-T, uh, a body count song. Yep. Um, yep. And he was in the video and they went on tour together like in 2019 and, and, and Ice-T really took to Power Trip and Riley. Um, so that's kind of like looping it into this, the whole yeah. 80s rap yeah, thing right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I know, I know Ice-T's a big fan and, um, you know, I guess uh, we found a way to pay tribute to them for doing our song as we brought up full circle and did uh, two minutes of executioner's tax every night. Um, and we didn't tell anybody and, and uh, the, the, the people in the crowd just lost it because everyone knows that song. It's like their most signature song. Yeah. Um, and we, the funny thing is, and I'll just tell you a story from the first night in LA, I got off the stage, I broke down the stuff and I went to the side and I went to go text Nick, the guitarist, who is, we talk about the Dallas Cowboys and stuff like that, but he was like, hey, I heard you guys covered ex- executioner's tax. I'm like, what are you talking about? How did you, who told you? I just got off the stage. <laughs> and Martin from Martin from Terror was in the crowd as, as we were doing it. He was texting Nick uh, immediately. Yeah. So it was a really big, you know, it was a really big thing. Like, he's like, oh, you can't believe Alberts is doing this. And so it was a, you know, blew up on, on Twitter and everything. And everyone was like saying, they can't believe that we would do something like that. But we just love those guys so much. And, uh, you know, uh, I hope somehow Ice-T gets to see that um, on one yeah. of these, you know, <laughs> viral things. That, uh, well, <laughs> a- after after he listens to this episode, I'm sure he'll get on his Googles. I read somewhere <laughs> that Power Trip, the band's like moving on, right? Uh, they might come out with something soon. Yeah, they, they yeah. Uh, well, I, the, the guitarist Blake, I saw that uh, article. Yeah. He, they they had riffs galore. I mean, if, if, you, if you're into like the whole 80s metal, big four kind of stuff, I suggest Power Trip for you because there's uh, a lot of throwback bands, but like they were special. There was something they, they, special, they special ahead of the pack, you know? They were yeah, they were, they were making it. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and so I suggest anybody who doesn't really know Power Trip, uh, go back and listen to their back catalog. And then the good news is, like Langan said, they they do plan to continue, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, getting a new singer and, you know, doing tryouts and auditions. I haven't really talked to those guys about it yet, but uh you know, for the time being, they were pretty, they were pretty like bowled over that we would cover them, <laughs> you know, uh, three, three nights in California but to like, you know, hundreds of people. But uh, it, with the Internet, the age of the Twitter and everything, it, it, it went everywhere and then they shared it and uh, it went well. So, yeah, yeah, thanks yeah I, I um, yeah, listen, like in true Red River podcast, we talk about the most random shit. And <laughs> sure. Now, you know, I had to break up the hip hop talk for a minute to get that update but now let's go back to the top five here so uh joe give me your number five uh okay it's uh stetsasonic talking all that jazz yeah. from 1988 so good um stetsasonic gets slept on as like you know in the old school like late 80s act but they were really really good band you know they really were a band they had like you know like seven or eight people uh prince paul does the track and um i think i mentioned it before that's the the line where he says uh, tell the truth you know James Brown was old till Eric and Rockham said, you know, I got soul. Uh, they sampled the Lonnie's, the Lonnie Liston Smith track expansions uh, pretty much to a T. And then I guess it's Prince Paul who did the beat for that. But uh, uh, it's such a mellow yet 
uh, it's like a good driving song. I think Matt said something you want to drive to, like drive down the road and just bob your head and have an arm out the window with a, one hand on the steering wheel. Um, talking all that jazz. It's a great tune from a great album. Oh, the whole album is great. Um, In Full Gear is the name of the record. But Talking All That Jazz is the big single that made MTV and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In my honorable, in my honorable. Um, Matt, number five. Uh, number five, I could have picked, you know, any song off this record, but I went with Beastie Boys Shake Your Rump from Paul's Boutique. It's just the Dust Brothers are on another level of genius with sampling and, you know, making something so insane out of nothing but samples. I went to like see what the samples were and there's like 15 different <laughs> yeah, songs yeah. sampled yeah. in just that song. So I won't even get into that, but yeah, shake your I, rump. I love that bass during the chorus. Shake your yeah. rump off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like when you well, like when we were kids, man, that shit popped on. We were just like, what the fuck? Like, this is so fucking good. Yeah. That album was like the peak of sampling and the end of sampling. Like yeah. at the same time, it like hit the mountain layered <laughs> and then it just layer. fell and off the cliff. Like, Yo, you gotta start paying <laughs> for this shit. Like, Whoever. Yeah. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, in the video version of Shake Your Rump, uh, the Fish Islands over the baseline, the yeah, top. and then yeah. uh, Ad Rock, there, there's a uh, you know I think it was uh, Hurricane is just cutting it up, and and Ad Rock's like ooh ah ah ooh ah ah, ah. it's not on the it's not on Paul's boutique, but if you look at the video version, there's in the, in the middle, he, he's just scratching Ad Rock going ooh ah ah, <laughs> it's Jeez. fantastic. Right. And I'm like, why didn't it? Why wasn't this a single? But you know, I couldn't go to the Wiz and buy that cassette single. I would have. <laughs> yes, all about the Wiz. Uh, that album was like, geez, that was like almost the end of them. But you know, yeah. it became this cult, like appreciated thing. But it got slammed when it came out, and the yeah. record label wasn't happy, and the critics were bitching, and because it's so different than yeah. License yeah. to Ill, you know. Everybody wanted License to Ill Part Two, and yeah. that's yeah. not what that was at all. That's not what that was at all, for sure. Yeah. Um, it was their Pinkerton, if we could. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Lang, number five. Uh, my number five, Run DMC's Peter Piper. Um, man, what a beat! Again, Bob James, take me to Mardi Gras. Uh, on this, just cuts galore which I love, obviously. And as a DJ, this track was like the track me and my friends, we always would try the doubles with because that beat is just so fun to play with. And it was always on like all the battle beat, like DJ Rectangle. If you're a DJ, like you probably know what that is. They were like sample records that would give you little clips of beats. And it seemed like everyone would always have like Peter Piper on there. And I remember having, um, there was a pervert, summer sampler um you know they you know had pass around mixtapes or something for like magazines or whatever and they get a dj to do it if you ever can hear and i have it on an mp3 i should upload it on the uh youtube channel but tom dj tom larock cutting this song is like you'll see god like this guy wrecks it i'm glad to see he's still djing down in miami or something but if you know tom larock you know who i'm talking about and the fucking guy kills it but very good. Uh, all right. So my number five is, uh, you know, just. I mean, Rebel Without a Pause. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's the first song that uh, Public Enemy wrote for It Takes a Nation of Millions. Um, the Bomb Squad, Hank and uh, uh, Hank and uh, Keith Shockley. 
I remember I had a mutual friend who was friends with with Hank and he would come around in the early 2000s and uh, I would just talk to him about music. But I was just like so in awe of him and what he did. And literally the conversation would be me trying to punish him about (laughs) hip hop. And he would just want to talk to me about Queens of the Stone Age and like other shit because I played guitar. And he this is how dumb I was back then. He was like, hey, I need like a guitar player. Can you like, you know, play some guitar for the studio? And I was just too intimidated. And I never thought I was just like, I can't do that because I was just like, I didn't really believe in what I was doing at that time. And I was just I'm like, you're fucking like Hank Shockley. I'm like, I can't really, you know. And we kind of <laughs> lost contact. This was uh, probably around MySpace era. But uh, yeah, man, it just what that group did. It, it, it was between this and, and picking Channel Zero, which sampled um, Slayer because it was just like, how yeah. the fuck do you guys sample fucking Slayer and make it work? Um, yeah. Another JB's um, sample uh, for Rebel Without a Pause, which is that um, the whistle sound, the... That, that, that thing that just goes over and over again that P was very good at uh, it's called the grunt interesting stuff and then Terminator X on the scratches is just fucking just like quintessential public enemy like if, if you want to know what, what what the group sounds like and a time capsule rebel without a pause for sure but I mean <laughs> that record is just full of, of, of mad shit so but uh, alright all the see. DJs were so serious like Eric B Terminator X never seen him smile either one you know, they probably didn't, they didn't have as much money back then. Now they're living like the good life. You know, like back then, it's just like it's yeah, like Eric right. B was the angriest looking motherfucker ever. I heard he was a real one, too. So it's probably. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I heard he was a real one. So like I, okay. I heard that, uh, you know, I didn't mean nothing by it. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> you know, he was the one definitely not to mess around with out of the two. Uh, so, you know, you can't, you know, there's uh you can't be smiling in pictures like that. People want to test you. <laughs> yeah, Running up on real. you and taking that gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so number four, Joe. Uh, number four is, speaking of Public Enemy, I'm going to go with Bring the Noise from 1987. Uh, this is probably the one track that I guess kind of, I told you that story earlier about how Public Enemy was a little bit too like noisy and, you know, to wasn't received by the radio like you wouldn't hear them on 98.7 uh kiss fm uh with that you know with like you know mosey and fear and stuff like that or you know sophisticated but but when they dropped uh bring the noise you would all you would all of a sudden hear it on the red alert show and the mr magic show on the on the stations that night um because it had a little more more of a dancey beat still kind of hard though um you know chuck's rhyming and everything and uh and it's got that. So I, I did the research a long time ago. Uh, the sample of that, uh, Hank Shockley did uh, the sample of Marva Whitney's "It's My Thing," which is if you go and listen to that, you just pull it up on YouTube. It's it's pretty genius how it's like yeah. he just took that and like slowed it down and like you know picked that the 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 horn part and made that the base of of the the Public Enemy song. Um, but that's the one that was my gateway to PE was. Uh, bring the noise and you know he also did the whole like waxes for anthrax still like at rock bells which is you know really cool right yeah. kind of prophetic because you know yeah. years later they're playing 
in a Brooklyn train, you know, in a subway station, you know, doing their video together with Flavor Flav on the drums and everything. And, yeah, you know, <laughs> the age of crossover was about to start there. But uh, that was a beautiful thing about New York City back in that time is that everything bled into each other. Uh, you know, hardcore and metal and hip hop. It was it was a good time to be like experimenting. You know, very cool. I'm glad Public Enemy is part of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anthrax and P together, and a young Fred Durst was watching. It <laughs> launch the nineties new metal scene right there. You're right. <laughs> he was he was watching along with uh, whoever else was a part. Of, I can't even think of anyone else. <laughs> I think it was. Just it had him. a revival of new metal like for like a minute. I think if you blinked, it's already over. But uh. <laughs> it happened. It happened just now. Just now yeah. it happened. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of it. Yeah, it's uh, like some new hardcore bands that like. I don't. I don't get it. You're right. About the, everything gets a second second act. Yeah, Every, it always comes does. back around. Yeah, it's how long that second act lasts is a testament yeah. to how good the first one was. You know, Listen, I mean? right. <laughs> if if I see kids wearing mullets now, everything gets a second chance. Like kids legitimately. <laughs> Like we were at a wedding with two people with two with mullets, and I was just like, I guess everything eventually, no matter <laughs> what sure. it is. So. Uh, yeah. All right, so number four, Matt. Uh, number five. four, I got Daylight. Is oh, it five. four or five? Uh, no, four. Yeah, I oh, did yeah, five four. already. Uh, four is uh, Daylight Soul. Me, myself, and I. Shout out, uh, Mike Malamo. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Mike Malamo, who <laughs> hates everything. Like, according to him, he loves hip hop, yet he likes three hip hop groups. <laughs> and De La Soul is one and two. <laughs> yeah, plug one and two. Or make up yeah, two yeah, plug one, plug two, plug three. That's his top three. Um, yeah, he, but, any, anytime I post something new, like, he'll, like, not. He hates it. And I'm thinking, like, all right, we get it. You like De La Soul. <laughs> That's exactly but, um, what yeah. you typed. Too. It like, is because word it's, word. it's so obnoxious because <laughs> it's so obnoxious for me to do it to him. You know, it's like because no matter what he says, like I'll post like run the jewels. He's like, where's the beat or whatever? <laughs> and I'm like, we get it. You like De La Soul and I love De La Soul, but it's just like, yeah. yeah, it's like I told Matt yesterday. It's like when people are like uh, the last good rock band was Nirvana. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you? Um, what are we up to? Lang and four? Yeah. Uh yeah. I got Eric B as president uh from 86. Man. Oh, yeah. I mean talking about long cuts, which you is unheard of like in hip hop for a long time, but I think it's six, six and a half minutes on the album, I believe. Um, got Eric B and Marley Mall production, got James Brown sample, impeach the president on there, and that reverb on the vocal to make them clap to this. Um it's just, it's great. It's a perfect record. Love another it. Another club banger, too. Uh, I got number and Mohawks, too. That's another heavily sampled band that's on there, too. But go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, number four, I have a song off of Paul's Boutique. And like Langan said, uh, these are certain things that just belong on a, on a Mount Rushmore because it's every song is just it's it's a buffet table of sounds that comes together like a fucking painting. And I love it. Uh, I went with Car Thief. I think Car Thief, I remember being young and listening to Car Thief and thinking this is the coolest fucking sample. It's like, dint, 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 like just the cuts on that. But it's it's basically I'll Bet You, the Jackson 5 
song um, produced by the Dust Brothers and also like a, a, a bit of a sample from a Hurdy Gurdy Man Donovan. Uh, just, man, killer stuff. It was between that and like Shadrack, those two in particular. How could you lose with either one of them? Yeah, either one of them. Yeah. Sure. But Car Thief just hit a motherfucker's face with the pool ball. Like it just like <laughs> man, like it was just like drug rap at that time for me. Those three uh, records too, that the De La uh Paul's Boutique and the PE um they they work it's like like Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon. They work as like whole pieces, they're not just like a couple of good tracks or whatever. Yeah. This is like beginning to end. Yeah journey audio you know audio journey and it works as a whole album which i think is a little dead or should come back a little bit i wish i get it as far as like sampling like it's so tough now to basically do something like that which is why mm. i think certain people release things as like mixtapes like war porn industries did that with the divine styler put together war porn industries but he only put it up as like a free download because he sampled like Led Zeppelin. Like, I guess there's certain things where you can't like profit off of it, but like the way he sampled so much stuff, Joe, I don't, I don't know if you've heard war porn, but I'm going to send you the, I'm going to send you the link, man, that he does like, like divine styler takes it. It's, it's ingenious, but I'll send it to you. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Let's do number three. Uh, Number three is uh, MC light paper thin from 1988 uh, light as a rock album. Um, MC Light is like pretty much the unheralded, like one of the more, you know, like f- as far as female rappers go, like Salt and Pepper gets a lot of love, Latifa, you know, from the from her day. But Light was, you know, she was she held it down. And uh, Paper Thin has got that really funky. I never knew what it was uh, when I first heard it, but when you know the internet came around and you could see, you know, like who sample.com, you could find out anything. Yeah. Um, that guitar, that is a Prince song called 17 days. Um, and then there's an Al Green, uh, I'm glad you're mine and, and shining Starbirth when then fire also get in there. But, um, it's, uh, it's a great song to like another one of those driving down the street, you know, and you blasting it into, into your Benzie box or whatever you were playing back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> the light is a rock tape, but, uh, yeah, paper thin is one of my, my favorite, uh, beats from her. Gotta I have re- a stack of D batteries. Uh, batteries, batteries yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I recommend that site. Who who sampled? Very cool. Like, and oh, it, yeah. like, like it just gives you the whole rundown and, and a clip of the song and all that stuff. So, uh, number three, Matt. Number three. Well, most people went uh, paid in full. I went off. Oh, follow the leader, and I went uh, Eric B and Rakim, microphone fiend. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that average white band sample is. Uh, Schoolboy Crush. Super right? dope. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And yeah, that beat is just hard as hell. And then Rock him coming over it and doing what he doing what he does, just being the best rapper ever. Um, yeah. <laughs> that that beat is so so dope. I, I I will say this about uh their discography: they don't have a bad album. They came in and out. Yeah. You yeah. know, aside from like. No more Mr. Nice Guy for Gangstar. It was the same thing. Like those two discographies, like neck and neck, are like just perfect. You you're like, yeah. okay, there's no holes to be punched in. Um okay, so number three, Langan. All right. My number three, out of nowhere, uh twin hypes, do it to the crowd. Oh my god. Um <laughs> oh, they were man. a duo out of New Jersey. 
this record gets slept on, but uh, it's oh. amazing. It's so banging. I remember when we was uh, me and my friends was DJing in the early rave days. This this shit would still like bang and like year after year after year. And it's that it's that little subgenre of there's a couple of songs from the '80s where the house music and um, hip hop mixed. You know, like Jungle Brothers, I'll house you, like yeah. that kind of a sound. There was sure. a couple, and uh, this is definitely one of them. But man, at, at, when you get to like the three and a half minute mark of this song, it goes into a whole the breakdown. Oh my! Oh god. my god! You know, vicious. I hadn't thought about that till you just brought it up. But I used to have that uh, 12 inch. I borrowed it from my friend to tape it back when that's how you shared music back in the day. Yeah. And I was like, I can't wait to hear what these guys do next. <laughs> they didn't do anything after that. Nothing, man. <laughs> I heard they on Tough Times. I think uh, they yeah. still in Jersey. You know, you know what? Anyone on Tough Times, you know what I say? They're ready for Red River Podcast. So let's, let's get in touch with them. <laughs> talk to them. Love it. Their yeah. biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, I rep this track forever. <laughs> and I think uh, that had the sample, you know, the do it, do it, do it, which mm-hmm. was, I think, either that same year or the next year, Jungle Brothers, uh, De La Soul did that. Uh, uh, we got our own thing. And mm-hmm. they sampled that, too. It was Morning Love was in there, too. Um, but it was, it was like, you know, that, that whatever sample that was got, got good usage in those that little period of time. Mm-hmm. Great song. Number three for me, um, going back to our Mount Rushmore picks here, um, Three Feet High and Rising. And the song that really did me in when I heard it was very much in the beginning, The Magic Number. Um, Man, just that, like everything about it. And I love that, speaking of speeding up things to to make it your own, they took a Bob Doro song, Three is a Magic Number, and they kind of just sped it up and did, did their thing on it using the drums from Led Zeppelin, the crunch. Um, it's just Great. fucking, yeah, it's just so fucking cool, man. I love like the notes are so major that you're just in a good mood. Like the progression is perfect. And yeah. it's just, it, it was just like a really cool, like uh, intro into three feet high, high and rising, which had like, I don't I don't remember how many songs they had, but there was a lot of songs on that album, right? It was like close to like yeah. 20 or some shit. And skit, a there's skits too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. they they definitely went in on that one. <laughs> they must have, I mean, they must people must have thought they were like aliens because like they're nobody doing like yeah. their whole that whole vibe they were doing, that laid back and kind of you know, daisy fucking thing they brought out. Oh, yeah. Nobody sounded like that. But you want to know what's funny to bring it back to, to Eric B and how you're saying like, you know, like he was like the, the hardest looking dude. These guys were not the hardest looking dudes. And what did they do with the next album? They're like, yo, everyone's kind of testing us because we're out here with flowers and they feel like they feel like we won't punch them in the face. And then they're like, all right, you know what? The daisies are dead. De La Soul is yeah, dead. Yeah, De La Soul is dead. Yeah. yeah so, you know, because they, they're like, well, now we got a mean mug. So people won't test it. <laughs> so, all right. Top just, two. Just to, Go ahead. Well, just to bring it current to your selection, it's a current news. Uh, if for any fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe who did see Spider-Man, the last Spider-Man of the trilogy, uh, no way home. They actually end credits with uh, three is the magic number by Delos. Oh, oh, wow. Because it, everyone paid. knows by now. Yeah. Delos got paid and, and sort of the sort of schoolhouse rock guy sample, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, there's three Spider-Mans in this one. Right. So it's perfect the way it ends. It's like all 
cartoon animation when the credits roll and they rock the De La Soul uh, Three is a Magic Number. It's great. That's great. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, it, for for things like that, you know, uh, it, it's because people our age make movies now and TV shows yeah. and they add these certain things in. And it's a big deal. Like same thing, like when the Pixies were added to the to the end of Fight Club, like these things like make it to like that mainstream world. And and somebody will hear that De La Soul song be like, what is this? And then they'll fucking go and then, you know, they yeah. revive things. So I love that. Right. Uh, number two. Here we go. Top two. All Jack. right. Uh, I'm going to go with Biz Marquee uh, off of his going off debut. Nobody beats the biz. OK. Um, you know, Biz had some great beats. Uh uh, this is the the Steve Miller band Fly Like an Eagle does just takes it into that realm of like you know this is funky it's groovy um, and it's kind of like that before before he did the Just a Friend you know and broke it kind of big he he that whole first record of Biz has some great beats and you know great rhymes on it I know I know Kane might have wrote more than half of it for him um, what, but nobody for, what, for sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <You know, laughs> no, but nobody beats the business. Like it took the the Steve Miller band song, and then it also took the for everyone who doesn't remember or is not old enough. Uh, there was a nobody beats the Wiz. Uh, the Wiz was a record store in uh, Queens and I think Manhattan, uh, where you would go to buy your twelve inches and and you know your latest uh, off the presses rap albums uh, locally. So he kind of threw that uh, plug in there, um, but he made it about himself, Biz. So. Uh, yeah, nobody beats the biz. Okay, cool. Um, so number two, Matt. Uh, number two, this beat. It when I think of like an '80s beat, it's this song, Run DMC. It's like that, 1983. Like that just sounds like the quintessential '80s rap beat to me. Just the the drums and the claps and and everything. It's yeah, it just sums up to me what 80s rap sounds like. Very cool. Uh, moving on. Number two, Langan. Uh, Beastie Boys, the new style. Um, just one of my favorite Beastie's tracks. Uh, it's got that great breakdown um, with one of the most sampled lines after that when Adam Rock says drop. I mean, <laughs> and they go into the cool part because it's just completely out of left field. They go into that gang oh, vocal oh, over the yeah. over the beat oh. and like completely flip the way the first part of the song was. Um, I thought it was pretty uh, clever and instrumental. Okay, cool. Uh, so number two, here we go. Getting down. Uh, this is a song Langan mentioned. My favorite Run DMC beat of all time, Beats to the Rhyme. Mm. Fucking awesome. Like that's oh, a I really, know. really good later track like i think it was on tougher than leather right yeah yeah um and i feel like that record was mostly forgotten somewhat but that that song in particular is like you want to talk about like hip-hop at its core and like you said a precursor to what premiere did later on absolutely beats to the rhyme is a banger man i fucking like that shit it still hits it still hits you put that on it's just like whoo god damn the same Kittison, of, same Kittison sample. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. <laughs> that's great <laughs> for sure. When uh, Sam Kennison was definitely, uh, you know, riding on top of the world at that point, for sure. And it's funny because 
the other comedian, you know, EMF, like, you know, it, it, Kinnison was, was sampled there and EMF did fucking uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Dice Clay. So it's, <laughs> it's funny to have those two things. It's like, uh, what, what a weird idea, to, right? To sample like that. That's uh, um, all right. Here we go. Number one. Let's wrap it up, Joe. Uh, okay, so this has been mentioned previously, um, but for me, it's my number one. Uh, it's Run DMC's Peter Piper. Uh, everything that's said before about this song, the Bob James, Take Me to Mardi Gras, uh, JMJ, you know, Jam Master J's cutting at the break. And, you know, this the, the usage of like stop and go, you know, and then he, you know, Jay like drops the, the cuts into the, you know, works it into the song. Um, I can listen to that song without the lyrics, you know, and if you want to just listen to take me to Mardi Gras <laughs> because it's, it's a great song, but you know, that was like probably the, I, I don't want to say height because I think walk this way was their big thing that broke them to everybody, but for hip hip hop heads like us, maybe who don't really care for the pop stuff or, you know, I think this was, sorry, it's my dog. I'm sorry. This was the peak of it for me as far as run DMC, because like you said, tougher than leather followed, and you know they, they sort of like struggle to maintain their their, yeah. their perch yeah, um, yeah. commercially. But this was the lead single from uh, "Raising Hell," and what a single! What a way to lead off an album, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah th- you know this this and 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 beats of the rhyme are are the, my two favorite Run DMC beats for sure. It just you know I love it. Mary Mary too, but that that's more of a hook. Um, great. So here we go, uh, Matt. Number one beat of 1980s. Uh, number one, I got Boogie Down Productions. The bridge is over. That it's such a simple beat, but it sounds so dark with that piano. Like I feel like if dun, it wasn't, dun, 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 dun. yeah, it's that you could rap some like spooky shit over that <laughs> if you weren't bringing down an entire crew from Queens <laughs> and ending careers. Um, that's also like top three disc records of all time. Bridge is over, but that's I- a separate. Shan is still upset apparently because he just released. Yeah, a, he recorded this song like a couple years ago, right? Or like last. I like year? he like well, like, he like last week. KRS. No, it was yeah. like last week because. And then KRS, I think, dissed him again, and like it was like, oh yeah. I thought they did. Went away last no, Didn't... like he he was just on like so. Shan was just on Drink Champs, and like I feel like he just dropped like he was trying to like reignite that beef again, which we ever. <laughs> yeah, I, it was such a weird turn. Everyone was like. I guess you want. I thought yeah, they did a sprite. Didn't they do a sprite commercial like years ago where they like? I think made... they did, yeah. But <laughs> I guess really. I guess Shan's still not over it. They made it sound like yeah. they were cool, but <laughs> Shan's still, yeah. You know, 1987, 35 <laughs> years later, he's still. Well, really if he doesn't mad. have that beef, I mean, what's he got? You know, yeah. that's like, true. Yeah, it defines oh, him. Also, uh, another Billy Joel song uh, is sampled in there because he's singing. Yeah. it's still rock and roll to me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Between Cool G Rap and Boogie Down Productions, Billy Joel was pretty well represented today. <laughs> yeah, well, shout, shout out to Billy Joel because, you know, that's in the uh, Long Island DNA over here. Uh, <laughs> Lang, at number one. Uh, my number Oh, before my number one, too. Shout out to uh, Rob Bass and DG, DJ Easy Rock takes two. I mean, that's a well-known yeah. beat right there. That stood the test time. You probably hear it at every wedding you go to. So, but it I'm was playing at the wedding that we went to last. It night, has so, to be. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be. It's a law. Um, but my number one, Africa Bambada, the Soul Sonic Force, Planet Rock. I think awesome. Uh, awesome. is one of the most important songs for hip hop culture. 
I mean, if you watch any documentary about the beginning of hip hop, I defy you to not hear this song being used. I mean, this song was everywhere. It had, um, it was a good bridge between like, probably for parties back then between house music crowds and this new hip hop and it has, and it's electro as well. But for b-boys and break dancing and stuff like that, this song was completely like epic. And uh, Arthur Baker, also on the pr uh, production, who we went on to work with New Order. And um, it, the B-side of this record, Looking for the Perfect Beat, is no slouch either, but it's epic. You know, if, if I cared about production value, I would have put samples of each one of these songs in between our conversation. But that would take me 10 hours. And we'd have I, to clear <laughs> that shit, too. Yeah. yeah. Did, yeah. did we, we not learn anything? Uh, <laughs> I might. I just might like with every like I might just splice shit in there just for shits and giggles. Wow. Um, I might. I don't know. I got to see how I feel. We should be able to get like a college kid to intern for us. You know, yeah. We to do that <laughs> for a podcast. I find out how much Jamie gets paid with Rogan. And we we'll, need a Jamie. If we'll, anybody out there has a Jamie, we can borrow. Please. Um, so my number one is what I feel is the epitome of uh, when I think of uh, 80s hip hop. I don't think there's another song that encapsulates it more than paid in full. Uh, just the baseline uh, to that Dennis Edwards song. Don't look any further. This is it. You know, I remember going around, uh, I believe, Laces, which was a roller skating place in Queens. Shout out to yeah. Laces. <laughs> it might have like been a like... strip club. <laughs> you know, uh, I, it might have been at night, but during the day, it was <laughs> just kids roller skating. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of the songs that would play was like the long version of like Paid in Full. Um, right? Like Mars Needs Women. Is that what I'm thinking? The Seven Minutes of Madness mix. Is that yeah. What? Yeah. So, yeah. but like, listen, uh, we like my band has a song called paid in full that we just hello oh shit did my can you guys hear me yeah, yeah. i think my my headphones died um so yeah so we just released like a a song called paid in full just because one of the lyrics goes thinking of a master plan to like our stupid punk song and i thought it was hilarious <laughs> So I was like, we're going to call it paid in full. Um, yeah, man, that's my number one. I, when I think of, of, of 80s hip hop beats, it's just like, it's the shit and I love it. And uh, that's the show. I, yeah. I have to say it's hard to argue with any of the selections that were discussed today. Yeah, we're all superstars. We're <laughs> <laughs> Sam knows what I'm talking about. It's yeah, that's a and deep God bless. I mean, I don't know what we're gonna do for the next episode of this. Oh, I really, boy. I mean, dreading it. I've been good. dreading it since we talked 50 about it. Would be it. hard. We'll be here for three hours, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe like, if you break it up from 90 to 95 and then 96 to 99 or no, something, we like got that. we got to go full 10, full <laughs> 10 years, man. That's it. It just is yeah, what it's it gonna is. It's gonna be rough. It just like you have to just like basically Sophie's choice. Yeah, that's just yeah. even getting Sophie's out of like 93, 94 is going to be yep. like insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look where like the albums, you know, that were popular in 90 versus 99. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, right. Jesus, look at the, <laughs> yeah. the timeline. Stylistically very different. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, it's like another world. It'll also be hard to just not have like your nine of your songs just be from Illmatic. Yeah. <laughs> 
Or 20, <laughs> 20 premiere songs. 20, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, going to be 20, 20 to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll spread that out. Uh, we, you know, we'll do that somewhere in, within the next few weeks. But uh, cool, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Hey, what, what happened to peace? Thank you. <laughs> what happened to what? What happened to peace? Oh, yo, peace. All right. Peace. Later, guys. It's like the A, the B, to the C. It's easy. One, two, three.